Welcome to At The Source. Today's episode is an oldie but a goodie, recorded right back in November last year when Karis and I were in Poland on a press trip. This particular episode features chef Gosia Pindic, and we recorded it with her at Bukhari Studio, which was a really nice cookery school in Wuch. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. We would probably pronounce it Lodz. The correct way to say it is Wuch. For all Polish listeners out there, I hope my pronunciation was good. So Gosia has a really interesting backstory. She actually studied architecture at university but then entered a cookery competition and decided that she wanted to be a chef. Since then, she's worked in Michelin star kitchens and now enjoys a mix of cooking and teaching. And now on with the episode. So without further ado, welcome. Welcome. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having me. So we have some questions for you. Okay. I'm going to hand over to Karis. <laughs> Gosha, what is your first memory of food? Oh, I think that my first memory uh, will be my father in the kitchen. I think that this was my f- first memory because he was uh, very passionate about food. Uh, he loved cooking. He wasn't working as a chef or anything like it, but uh, he was always celebrating eating and it was uh, very important for us in the house and many many nights I spent with him in the kitchen looking what he's doing uh, so yeah I would say that this is my favorite uh, favorite also uh, memory and uh, when I was a kid I didn't really like eating food and I was having these periods of time when I was choosing choosing for example a piece of bread with uh, ketchup and I was eating it for a few months and it was the only food I want to eat and then I was switching for something else so I wasn't so much into eating when I was a kid when did that change then because obviously now you're a chef so you obviously really like food now <laughs> I started making cakes and there uh, it was uh, the cakes were uh, out of the box which were ready-made where you, you add just needed to add eggs and, and stuff yeah. and I started making those cakes and uh, I fell in love with it, with it and I was maybe 10 years old or something like it and um, when my, my my father saw that I'm into it he started buying me stuff uh, so books and uh, some equipment for the kitchen and I, I just liked the I didn't like eating I liked the process of preparing food or, or giving food to people so I was making a lot of events in our home uh, and I was I was just really trying to share with people I remember that my mother was always saying that uh, the food she likes the most is the one which is burned so everyone was very <laughs> supportive for me uh, during this time uh, yeah and they ate believe me my family ate a lot of very good food <laughs> that's love <laughs> It's quite interesting, I think, that um, as usual, Karis and I did some online stalking of you, which we like to do with all our guests, that you grew up in a house full of love for food, but actually you studied architecture. Yeah, that's true. Also, I was going uh, to a school, uh, the high school was also, uh, the profile was uh, artistic, <laughs> I don't know how to say it. Uh, so, so, yeah, I was, I was planning to become an artist of some sort. But, the, but you ended up being a chef. Yeah. How did that happen? It was always my passion, as I, as I told you, and I had an amazing studies and I was doing a lot of very, very fun activities and I was uh, having uh, a lot of different types uh, of, of, of lessons over there and it was fun, a lot of fun, but 
after the few years, uh, you are just realizing that being an architect, it's not so much fun. Uh, after you finish the studies, it's more like sitting in front of the desk and, and doing work, which I'm not uh, very good at. Like, I, I'm, I'm not the type who can sit in one place and, and do uh, stuff like this. So I just switched 14 hours of uh, computer work for 14 hours in the kitchen. And uh, I got, I just got very nice opportunity when I was uh, studying in Poznan. One of the restaurants over there were making this contest for uh, some kind of a chef, and I won this one. And I stayed in the kitchen. Uh, what did you cook? What did you? What did I cook? <laughs> It was definitely uh, lamb. I remember lamb. Uh, I remember uh, leek soup. Leek and potato soup, Ooh, uh, chocolate fondant, of course, and something else. I really don't remember. Chocolate fondant in a cooking competition. That's really It's brave. brave. <laughs> and you won. I think that uh, I didn't uh, know what I was doing because uh, it was like um, I didn't know how difficult can it be because I was always doing it at home so mm. I didn't even know how it's gonna look like or what do you have to make to make it good in a restaurant mm. but I met uh, the chefs which were already working in a restaurant they were really helping me out in the contest and I have to say that it wasn't maybe even this fair um, game because they were they were really trying to uh, to help me and I, I remember that I was trying to put this huge um, piece of uh, rosemary uh, rosemary Uh, yeah. of rosemary this huge huge piece on the top of the phone and they were like oh no baby you're not gonna do this <laughs> like, it's such a faux pas <laughs> so yeah they, they helped me a lot and so when you won the competition did you then get a job at that restaurant it was like uh, the prize uh, in the contest for uh, two or three weeks in the restaurant uh, to, to just work with the chef and uh, I stayed after this And I stayed for one year, I believe. How old were you? 22, maybe. So kind Something of straight like out of university, really. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was studying during this time. And, and just after this one year of, of uh, doing both, I decided, okay, I know where my heart is, so I can just leave the architecture and switch <laughs> for something else. And when you told your dad, dad... I've decided I'm going to be a chef. What did he say? My parents, both of them, they were so not into it. They were like, oh my God, you're going to lose your life. What are you doing? They were very stressed. My father was uh, uh, telling me that, yeah, you have to finish studies. And he was very, very pushing me uh, through this time. And uh, But they were not so happy at, at the beginning. What you know, now? this is, they are, <laughs> they are becoming Good. proud, seriously. Like now they, they feel that this is not something what uh, I was having in my mind for a month or something. Mm -hmm. And they just feel that this is serious. And also I, I made some, some, some good choices during this time. So they, they believe that I'm going to end in a good place. And you've stuck with it and you obviously have a real talent. So it wasn't a flash in the pan fancy. It was something that I you... I hope so. There are people who are saying this and I like to believe them. But we will see. Uh, I think this is not uh, something... Um, 
it's not long for people who are my age uh, who work in gastronomy they usually have a lot of years in the kitchen mm. already because they start when they are 16 or even mm. earlier so when I'm speaking to the to the chefs in Poland they are usually just treating me like uh, like like this girl who is still a kid in, in all of it because I have only a few years only in the kitchen but it was very intensive something that we've picked up on with other chefs that we've spoken to um, particularly a, a female chef in in the United States Mary Sue Millican talked about how um, as a woman in the kitchen it is harder and a tougher environment than if you were a man do you think that applies in Poland do you think that because you're female you have a, a harder time uh, definitely yes but also, as I told you, a lot of people help me because I'm a woman. So this is, uh, you can look at this uh, both ways. So yeah, definitely it, it is a hard time because even your body as a, as a, as a woman body, it's not prepared for such uh, many hours uh, for taking those heavy uh, stuff, uh, lifting all of it. Uh, the temperatures are crazy. So even your body is telling you, maybe this is not a good idea. So but it's definitely harder. That. Yeah, you get used to it. Mm. You get used to it, definitely. But for example, I, I, I cannot uh, be a line cook uh, forever because even if I'm thinking about my future, I don't know, kids, family, mm. I won't be able to keep the same pace mm. uh, as I do have now. And also, I, I think that the guys... They, they don't like it so much that the girl is uh, among them like mm. they they some of them they love it uh, and some of them really don't feel safe I would say maybe something like because this. they feel that they're being threatened by women coming into the kitchen and doing maybe. as good a job and also they are pissed up because uh, women in the kitchen can be whiny a little bit. I know a few whiny men. <laughs> That's true. But somehow the guys, they stick together. And uh, if you have uh, 20 cooks who are this one team and then there's this one girl coming into this, this crowd, it's not that easy, seriously. It's not that easy. Mm. So how do, you, how do you handle that? I have no idea. You just, you just do it and it's just... It just went well, seriously, and I met uh, a lot of very good people, uh, even the chef, which I started my working with uh, after the competition. He was very tough. He was yelling a lot, and, and I, I felt uh, tears in my eyes for many, many times. Uh, but he was also uh, pushing me through all of this. So he was very tough. I hated him for so many hours. <laughs> it, was, it, it was awful, but he was really trying to push me forward to, to somehow make my place uh, in the kitchen and, and and go and be better so so sort of to get back on track and onto something probably slightly more positive I think yeah you have worked in Michelin star you are cooking but also you're teaching so kind of sounds like you've got the doing and the showing sort of happening at the moment which do you prefer hmm 
It's a difficult question because I really like uh, teaching, but I think that I, I won't be able to do it all the time uh, because it is, you have to speak to people all the time, you have to talk to them. And uh, in working, I really like uh, the idea of just focusing on this one one job and what do you have to do? You can just cut yourself from the environment and, mm. and just be into this uh, this uh, particular place. And this is why, what I like in working that I can be just me and my mind the focus and, yeah. side of things so I wouldn't change uh, working for teaching but I like it both so you have quite a good balance right now yes this is a quite a good balance that's true so what is your cooking style what kind of things do you like to cook Huh. <laughs> I seriously, I don't, I don't know how to answer this this question. I started with uh, a lot of uh, baking, a lot of desserts, and I was very much into it for a long, long time. And uh, right now, I, I, I can, I can cook almost every uh, style and type of uh, of uh, cuisine, but I don't stick only to 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 one style. It's it's impossible. What's your favorite? Ah! <laughs> I, I, I seriously, I, 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 I can say anything about it. Like, uh, there is no favorite. I really like comfort food if I'm mm. uh, at home. I really like uh, Asian uh, Asian food. Uh, ramen is something which I'm making with my boyfriend at least twice a month. So, when you're at home and you're making dinner for you and your boyfriend and it's not ramen and you're making something that makes you feel comfortable it makes you think of your childhood that isn't bread with tomato sauce <laughs> what are you making uh mostly soups i really like the idea of making a broth i uh, usually do it for a few days and i put a lot of heart in it and uh, we are eating a lot a lot of soups and i think that this is a very good comfort food especially right now in the winter mm. and also we have this tradition that we cook uh, together for half a day and we are putting everything in jars uh, so we have it prepared so if he's going to work he can choose something from our fridge uh, already made uh, he doesn't have to buy or eat at the city uh, anything like it so yeah we are want well, to come and live at your house and um, <laughs> I can imagine that with the broths that you're making over several hours or several days I can imagine that your ramen broth is is pretty yes. good Yes, um, I'm <laughs> very proud of this. So the soup that we made today, and we'll share some pictures of it on our on the mm -hmm. website that goes along with the blog. Um, so it was a goose broth with um, potatoes, and it was absolutely delicious, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a soup, but it has this twist because I knew that you guys, you all cook. So uh, showing you the original uh, soup wouldn't be anything funny for you because it's just uh, cut, it tomato, uh, cut it potatoes and a little bit of bacon. Mm. So I added a little bit of twist uh, to the soup so I could show you how it's supposed to be made. But I switched, for example, bacon for the, for the goose. Uh, we switched uh, broth or cream for the this um, way from ricotta so yes it was delicious thank you and that brings us to the zero waste portion of this episode because 
you were saying that you could use the cream, but we've got the whey sitting there from making ricotta, so why wouldn't you just use that? And then if you had to put something else in there, if you've got some mascarpone sitting in the fridge, you don't have to go out and buy some more cream to put in there. You can use the mascarpone or you might use the creme fraiche or something like that. this is exactly what we did today. So... I'm actually going to hand over to Alex for this because she's the zero waste guru in this partnership. (laughs) I guess really it's just about, um, in the UK, zero food waste. And zero waste generally is huge. It's everywhere. Um, And I do a lot at home to try and make sure that we're using peelings for this or freezing that or chucking this ingredient in Mm -hmm. there to make a different meal. Um, I'm interested to know how aware the Polish public is about the importance of zero waste. Is this something that you're passionate about or is it something that a lot of people are aware of in the country? They are becoming more aware, definitely. It's became kind of popular, I would say, but... For example, my friends, my friends, and uh, I have a lot of chefs uh, among my friends and uh, also people who who just care about the environment. Most of them are vegetarians, uh, vegans, so they have totally different way of uh, looking at this, this, uh, these topics. But I I don't think that in Poland this is, uh, it's not huge, definitely, it's not huge. And I think that the, the... the way of uh, of packaging the products is really not giving you a lot of space to to make an impact seriously. Like in all of the shops, there is plastic everywhere. The mm. portions are 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 crazy. It's it's definitely not uh, as I saw it uh, abroad. Okay. Mostly everywhere I was abroad, it was bigger than here in Poland. But I hope it's changing. Ch- yeah, definitely it's changing. It's coming. You can see it's it's becoming uh, better and better, but definitely still abroad, it's it's way way bigger. I think we're even at the point now in the UK, and we live in Bristol, which is a very foody place. Mm-hmm. So I think we're maybe a little bit ahead of some other places around the country. But we have a whole choice of shops that are selling loose products and, you know, scoop the scoop the amount of pasta you need into your own bag. And um, I think that's got to be the future, really. It's, it's supposed to be, it should mm. be. And uh, in Wuj, I know only one shop uh, like this. So it's it's, really? it's nothing, seriously. I'm very happy that something like this uh, uh, came to Wuj and, and this one shop is uh, pretty amazing. It's in the center of, uh, of Wuj, so I hope, I hope it's going to change. Now, similarly on the same sort of topic, organic. So it's the same in the UK that you know, there is more and more organic. It's not just one of those things that is only available to certain people. Um, it's becoming more and more accessible. Is that something that you're also seeing in Poland or is it the same as the zero waste? Yeah, almost uh, every shop um, gives you an opportunity to buy something organic, but it's still very small amounts and I don't think that this is uh, something which is uh, this all together. For example, I don't know how to say it right, so so <laughs> give me a second. Um, I mean that being a vegan, being a vegetarian, taking care of uh, planets or something like this, it should be all together. 
uh, it should go all together. For example, you can buy organic apples, but they will be served on plastic, covered with plastic, and you will buy it in the plastic bag. So I don't think that this is uh, it's more like a label to show people that there is something fancy and right. catch them like this uh, right. instead of being this very well... Um, it's not holistic. That's exactly. The, Thank yeah. you for this. You explained it really well. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like, again, being in Bristol where we are, we are quite fortunate that a lot of those shops that are zero plastic and low waste are also organic and I appreciate that that is more expensive but if you can do those things it does make a, a difference doesn't it overall so um, it has to change it definitely has to change and we have a lot of markets like still in Poland uh, a lot of people are going to the markets and they are contributing to uh, this zero waste policy but they don't even know about it because the markets is the, the first thing all of our grandmas and grandpas they are going to the market mm. just like this they don't even know but uh, if you go to the market you can see a lot of young people are going there that's good now this is mostly a question from me because i grew up in australia so we didn't have the same sort of um, polish communities that you'd find in the uk but obviously the things that we know about polish food in australia are dumplings and you know heavy things like stews so i'm curious and you showed us some some stuff today but what what are some of the things that somebody outside of Poland or outside of Europe might not know about Polish food? The types of things that you eat that people go, oh, I didn't realize that that was really popular in Poland. I think that definitely this uh, kind of uh, sour uh, sour pickles. I showed you today the, the juice of uh, sour cucumbers. I think that uh, we have a lot of uh, a lot of um, preservatives like this. Preserves, yeah, like from fermented and pickled. Yes, exactly. things that are preserved in what, vinegar or uh, it's kind of a brine uh, you make brine. for it, yeah. brine, and uh, also we can use uh, the whey to to do this. Uh, basically, you just put stuff in a jar and you wait until it's uh, it's getting sour. Uh, for example, milk. I remember when I was a kid, um, I was going out a lot uh, for a countryside uh, during the holidays, and um, my grandma was preparing um, sunnyside eggs, mm-hmm. uh, potatoes, like fried eggs, potatoes yeah. with dill, and on the side there was always um, sour milk. Sour milk. Sour milk. This is also something which you just put aside and you just wait on, on, until it, it's ready you what can take it? a cream out of it also it's very strange but it's extremely healthy this is all, all this uh, sour food which if it's made properly mm. it's extremely healthy for your, for your guts for your whole body it's amazing what does sour milk taste like <laughs> so i know that sounds like a silly question but is it salty or it is salty yeah it is salty so and, it's savory and, and it is, it is, yes of course yeah. of course of yeah. course because when when milk uh, is going bad this is this bitter taste in it and this one it doesn't have this bitterness it's only this this sour taste uh you probably know kefir mm. you probably tried something like this yeah so we can say that this is similar but okay. seriously, you just have to taste the sour milk to know yeah. what we are talking about. We need to get ourselves out to the Polish countryside. <laughs> I think so. 
Now, instead of the Polish countryside, you I mentioned before you'd worked at a Michelin star restaurant and that was in Warsaw, which isn't very far from here. What if we're in Warsaw, if we're in Wuch, if we're in Gdansk, what should we be eating? If you said you have to try three things when you go to these places, what would they be? Hmm. <laughs> On the spot. <laughs> I think that I have uh, my favorite restaurants. A few of them, I I, I just I would be able to pick. But uh, should you? I think that right now uh, in the whole country, you can taste almost the same stuff. Like in different restaurants, of course, but it will be mostly the same. Everything is 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 just around. Uh, So just go and look for the Polish cuisine. Of course, eat a lot of pierogi. I love pierogi totally. I think that this is amazing, uh, amazing stuff. Also, not even Polish pierogi, all pierogi, all the dumplings. I know, <laughs> I just love it. Uh, so you should just, just, just go and try uh, the uh, the Polish cuisine. What would be your ultimate pierogi filling? My favorite one. The uh, yeah. For example, I really like the one that they are not very uh, original, uh, but I really like to make them with uh, goose, exactly as we made the goose today. But instead of frying it at the beginning, as we did uh, for the soup, you are just uh, putting the raw meat inside. Also, you uh, mince the meat with uh, skin. The skin is very fatty. Oh, oh. So when the uh, the dumpling is boiling, the fat in, in inside this meat is just melting and when you eat the pierogi it's extremely juicy it's a very very nice uh, idea to make it you can add a little bit of dried tomatoes and if I'm doing it at home I'm usually going for this one because I just like it very very much and if it goes with the classics I would say uh, ruskie <laughs> we call that? it ruskie it means Russian right. but uh, the stuffing is uh, made out of potatoes and uh, cottage cheese mm. now I want to go back to goose just quickly because uh, we we're here on a press trip that is showcasing food in Poland and one of the things that we're going to on our itinerary is yeah um, we're going to the goose, to the goose today, today yeah. yeah so is that is that just a, a winter thing in Poland or is it you know instead of duck you have goose or is it just uh, this a- is this particular time in Poland where the goose is the best right. so almost in every city we are celebrating this on um, Every city has a different type of, of this celebration. I think that Poznań uh, is the most uh, known for celebrating the goose. They also have uh, one day during their year, which is just just a goose celebration. So we can eat it everywhere. Every restaurant is having some kind of a menu, especially for it. But this is just because Polish goose is just amazing. Well, I've got to make sure we eat as much goose as we possibly can whilst we're here. I think that's a very good plan. I think that's all we've got time for. I think you've answered all our questions and more. Um, and your English was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad so to say it. Uh, no need to be. I, as I, we, I believe that it should be a little bit better. But I will well, work on it. As I said, it's significantly <laughs> better than my Polish, which is nothing at all. And my Polish. <laughs> 
So that's all we have time for today. Um, thank you so much for the workshop earlier and the delicious lunch uh, and for taking time to answer our questions. Karis and I are already having an amazing time in Poland and we're only on day one. We're here until Friday to discover more about the food and drink here. If you enjoyed this episode, you'll no doubt like some of our others. So please do take time to listen to our back catalogue, which you can find on any podcast platform you use, or just go to our website at thesource.com. Lastly, we're on Twitter and Instagram as at the source, sharing visuals and talking food. So come and join us. Until next time, over and out.